Thank you, Sister Trace. You all may be seated. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for this day. Thank you for this great opportunity to speak to your people. We appreciate you so much and we love you so much because it's your word that transforms our life. It's your word that you speak into our life to give us the love uh, and the desire to help transform the lives of other people. We thank you for unity through your word. It's your word that heals. It's your word that delivers in the name of Jesus. All the power is in your word. So we thank you for the word of God that you've given us to help us be the people you want us to be in times such as this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First of all, I want to thank everybody for coming out today, and I'm really, really excited. And the title today is A Call for Commitment. And last week I talked about the importance of being in the house. Everybody say in the house. So we talked about being in the house and the importance of uh, knowing who you are in Christ and not letting anyone pull you away or distract you uh, from being in the house of God. Understand that the church is the institution, man, that God placed in history uh, in order to get his message through. And it's important that it's all about righteousness. Everybody said righteousness. So it's God righteousness, man, that makes a difference. And uh, righteousness is really learned, man, through the word of God. And a lot of times people, uh, Satan try to drive you away from the house so you don't get to learn the righteousness of God and how it impacts our life. So I'm going to take you back into the Old Testament and talk to you guys about uh, uh, God righteousness and why it's so important. Now, I want you to understand something. This is important because we're living in a time now uh, where things, uh, uh, things are changing, uh, trends are happening. And history just changes. And the one thing about God, his word always stays the same. Uh, so it's God's word that transforms us. And I talked to the brothers today, um, and we talked a little bit about Sabbath. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, about the importance of our devotional life to him, right, and our commitment to him. Now, this is important. I want you to understand something. I was listening to something. I did a series uh, of studies, and um, we went on the Sankofa, and one of the issues, we had to listen to a piece, man, uh, called the critical race theory, right? And the critical race theory uh, is a theory, man, that they really are pushing back against, man, in the church. And they say it's really demonic. It comes from, uh, from Satan. But I don't really think it really comes from Satan. I think uh, a lot of times people don't want you to know things that happen. And then when you raise it back up, uh, people in power don't want to hear it. But the thing about God's word, uh, even if you woke, his word stays solid. Everybody says solid. And understand that. So when you get into critical race theory and all that, you get to learn about the history uh, of, of the America and the history of the world. And you start to read the history that was taken out of the textbooks and, and things like that or, or was left out, since they taken out, that was left out. And so you only get a portion of the history. Um, then you start to find out this history. You're like, wow, right? And so what a lot of times people take, I don't care what it is, people take what's wrong and, uh, and they use it to their advantage. And so a lot of times people wanted to make white people feel guilty about what had happened in the history of America and God never, everybody said God never, Amen. never intends for that to happen, right? Because when he created us, man, remember race was not even an issue. And so we're judging and we're chasing things, man, based on the ideology of men, right? 
And that's important. So as you read stuff, you never ought to make anyone feel bad about anything. The important thing is, about is know that God's word is about building relationships and loving people. Now, I, I stand to tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the Bible is a very unique book, but it's all about relationships. It's about the king, a kingdom, and his royal family. And it is a beautiful, beautiful picture of a mosaic family. I mean, that's God's family. All of us created in God's image and his likeness. And I don't care what race you are, there's good and bad in everything. And what people do, they take the word of God and sometimes they twist it to their advantage. right? But it does not negate the fact that God's word is always going to win in the end. Everybody said God's word. So that's why you got to always stick to the word of God and don't deviate. I talked to a young girl the other day, and I says, but you know, she says, I'm not reading the Bible. That's what you know. I don't want to read it. You know, I'm not reading the Bible because. I said, well, you might want to read the Bible because the Bible tells you the whole story, right, about humanity and what humanity is all about. So we want to talk about uh, God's word. And what, when God took the children of Israel and he brought them out of Egypt, and when he brought them out of Egypt, um, he took them, and, and Moses, who was the leader of Egypt, uh, of Israel, God gave him some laws and some things to govern their life as they were moving into the promised land. Now, the, the land that was promised to them was a land flowing with milk and honey, and it was a very prosperous land, but somebody else owned the land. And the people that was there were really wicked, and they worshiped idol gods and all that. And God says, I promise you, and he had promised them that he was going to give them this land, right? And so it was end up being a blessing. So we kind of want to talk, walk through that. But everything is tied around this, right? The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Everybody said the righteous. The righteous is people, man, who do the right thing regardless of who you are. Always do what's right. Now, in the next verse, which is very powerful, and I put it up there in two verses. Uh, in the, I don't know why this will. There you go. Bingo. So, all right, here's what it says in the King James Version. In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34, it said, The righteous exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Everybody said the righteous. Listen, now remember the country, everything is built on righteousness, right? On people that set policies on righteousness, who do the what? Right thing. But it always, everybody said always, always starts with you as an individual. So when God was dealing with people, he always worked from the bottom up, Right? And so we can blame people for a lot of things, but we have to do an introspection on our life. So let's look at things, man, through that lens when it says a righteousness exalts a nation. Now, remember this, right? The, the people make up the nation. So if the people are no good, then the nation will be no good. But if the people are righteous, then the nation will be righteous. Even in your home. If the person that's running the home is not right, I don't care what you do. Until they get righteous, 
you're going to be dealing with all kind of habit. You may get away for a while and look good for a while, but you're going to run into a roadblock. Everybody said a righteous. So the New Living Translation says, this said, godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace. Everybody said disgrace. To any people. Whenever you sin, it is disgraceful. Right? Everybody says sin. Sin is a reproach against God. Listen, I want you to look at your own life. Don't look at what nobody else do. Do an introspection of your personal life. Where am I? You can argue a lot of stuff. But truth be told, where am I personally, man, in my relationship with Christ? When I look at the word of God and what the word of God says, man, what am I doing? I know we want to blame everybody else and say people like this and like that. But the question is where are you? Right? Where are you in your nation? Where are you in your kingdom? Now let's look at it this way. Right? So the righteousness exalts a nation. Let's say you're the king of your nation. Is your nation righteous? Or everything that you involved with in your personal life? Is it righteous? Or are you doing some stuff, man, because you say, well, I just got to, you know, you know you, know you got to do what you got to do to get what you got to get. So you, you don't understand. The question is, is your nation, is your nation righteous as an individual? Where are you as a person? All right? Is, is, what about your family? You know, do, do I have to steal Rob, cheat, because you know you got to get over, you know, because I only got so many resources. Think about that, all right? Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, here's what it says. God is talking to Moses. I want you guys to eavesdrop on this conversation. Because Moses set the tone for the children of Israel, man, as they was coming out of Egypt, and God was giving them instructions because one day, I want you to understand, you're going to own your own home. You're going to have your own family. You're going to have your own children. You're going to be your, listen, some of you guys are going to own your own business. Some of you are going to work for other people. So when you go over there and you become very, raise your hand if you have your own place to live right now. Right? So God said, you have your own home. Now, I want to make sure you govern it right. Right? So here's what he says. He said, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God before me. Now, the question is, what was your Egypt, man, that God delivered you from? There are some places, man, and things that was going on in your life that God delivered you from. God brought you out of it. You was living a raggedy life or you was in a bad situation, a bad marriage or whatever. You was in a bad, the situation was terrible and God said, I delivered you out of it. You're in a better place now. Right? He says, uh, then he says this, you must not have any other God before me. Then he says this, Verse number six. I mean, verse number, 
they messing with me. Somebody messing with my screen. They jumping around. Okay, now verse number eight. Somebody, are you moving it for me? Yeah, praise the Lord. You are right back there, desire. Good. All right. Then he says in verse number eight, he said, you must not make for yourselves an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. Now, it does not make a lot of sense to you, but you got to understand as the children of Israel was coming out of Egypt, they was going into a land and they was going to go places. And when they got there, some people, man, was making their own gods. Right? So they had all kinds of statues and everything else, and they were worshiping things that they had created. Right? And they called it their gods. And they were idols. And they worshiped. God said, not when, you, not when I bless you. When I bless you in a situation, and I bring you out of the situation, and I bless you, don't try to hold on to some of the crazy stuff that people was doing where they thought they were successful, and you try to pick up their behaviors and their culture. He said, you got to change cultures. He said, now, because we're trying to set the stage for a new culture, a new community of people. He said, so you are not to, under no circumstances, uh, start making other idols. And listen to, it, listen to me. Don't make other things more important than God to you. Don't, you, you you're going to get an opportunity. Don't make anything more important than God. Everybody say God. God is the most important, all right? Now, it's important to understand this. Now, I'll move a slide, all right? Now, listen to what he says. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a what? Jealous God who will not, watch this here, don't you miss this. He says, I will not tolerate your affection for anything, watch this here, or any other gods. Nothing, nothing replaces me. Understand, because I'm the one, remember now, you were in slavery. You were in Egypt crying for me to deliver you. Lord, please deliver me out of this situation. Then God bless you with a better job. He blessed you with a, a spouse or what you, you had nothing, and God bless you. He's now, it's important to understand this. I will not really be tolerable of anything that you make your God. Right? It's important. Then he says this in verse, he goes on and says this. He says, I laid the sins of their parents upon their what? Now watch this here. What you do affects more than just you. I want you to hear me very, this is important. Right? What you do impacts more than just you. Brittany, this is what he says. The, the choices you make, the decisions you make, precious, impacts more than just you. He says this. He says, I lay the sins, everybody say sins, of the parents upon their children. Their entire family is affected. Even children in their third, fourth generation of those who reject me. He says, now if you get over there and I start to bless you and you let somebody pull you away from me. Here's what happens, and we're starting to see the impact of it today. People who got tired because their parents told them to go to church, they said, well, I'm tired. They said, when I get older, I ain't making my kids go to church. I'm not going, and I'm not going to make them go because my mama made me go. 
And now they come into the church praying for the church to pray for their children. Because what happens is you set the stage. You allow Satan to ruin. He said, listen. He said, I'm not going to tolerate it. And your behavior impacts your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. It's all going to be impacted by choices you make. That's why it's so important, man, that you turn to the Lord. Right? And this, this is, he given Mo, he, what he's doing, he's giving Moses the law, right? And, and he's, he's getting them into the, uh, uh, this next generation as they get ready to be blessed. Everybody said get ready to get blessed. So what he's doing, uh, 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 Maggie, he's getting ready to take them into a land that's so prosperous and he know people. When they get what they got and they're doing well, I don't need the Lord no more. I can do this. Now, I got my own house. My own. You know, you was praying because you was catching the city bus. But then the Lord blessed you to get a job, and you got a hoopty. And now uh, I can't get to church. Before, I was begging somebody to pick me up. Or I was begging. How many people, don't raise your hand, was begging the Lord for a raise? But when he gave you a raise, you gave him less. You said, now, I'm a tithe. Often this little few dollars you're giving me. But, Lord, please, I need you to bless me. I need more money. God said, okay. So then God blesses you, and then you do what? You say, I got to understand, but I got to give you less now because I can't give you this much. You're asking for too much, even though you gave me a lot more. That's what we do, right? So now, so so, so, uh, look at verse number 10. He said, but I lavish unfettered love for those for a thousand generations. Now, I want you to hear this. I want you, this is how God going to bless you. That's why you got to stay with the word. You can't get away from it, rah, rah. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. If you get away from it, and you, and you don't realize you're walking away from your blessing. But if I stay in the word, and I, listen, I believe in all my heart, the reason why AJ and Anessa escape so much stuff is because of my walk with the Lord. I thank God. He said, listen, I'm going to honor you. Right? Uh, uh, but they're going to be accountable for their behavior. But I won't bring no stress on you. Ooh, this is good. Hold on. Watch what he said. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who what? Love me, watch this, and obey my what? Now, I'm bringing you in to this promised land. You're going to be in houses you didn't build, cars you didn't build. You didn't have enough money to buy. He said, I'm going to bless you with them. You're coming into this prosperous land, right? Things going to go well. Verse 11 says, you must not, everybody said must not, misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Now, listen to me. It's important. God knew. Everybody said God knew. God knew that he was going to bless you, and he knew that 2021 was coming. He knew that some of you all was going to get blessed, man, beyond your wildest dreams. He knew it. He knew it. He knew that, that you were going to have beautiful homes and nice cars and nice job and making nice money. And he knew that you were going to give him less time. So he was trying to remind Moses, remind the people, right, 
that don't forget what I'm doing because if they stay connected to me, their blessings is, watch this here, their blessings is predicated on their relationship with me. Their health is predicated on their blessings and their connection with me. Right? Now, so, uh, so he's blessed them. So listen, he's giving them laws, right? So he goes on and look at verse 12. He says, now this is the big one. He says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it what? Holy. All right? As the Lord your God has commanded you. You must, what's this here? You have six days each week for your ordinary work. All right? Now, look at the next, go to the next verse. Verse 14. He says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters, your male and your female servants, your oxen and your donkeys, and other livestock. And any, watch this, foreigners living among you, all your male and female servants must rest. Right? Now, this is, this is important. Now, why did he say this? Right? Now, it's important to understand something. You got to have a time where you dedicate to him. The purpose of the Sabbath day was a day, man, where we set aside, where we focus, man, all our focus on him. Don't get distracted by other stuff. Take this day and remember it. He said, you can do a lot of stuff, man, six days. He said, but the seventh day is the time to rest. You can't even have your lives stop working. He said, I don't want your slaves working. I don't want nobody working. He said, this day is set aside. Now, remember, you're going into this land, all right? The Canaanite is flowing with milk and honey. They working seven days a week, 24-7. They pushing it, but not you. Everybody said, not you. You got to set aside time for me. You got to dedicate time to me. How many of us really set aside time for God? How many of us, man, really set aside time where we devote to God? We put everything else aside and said, this day is the day. Now, most people don't even work seven days a week, right? Some people require you to do it a certain season. But on that day, and here's why it's so important. If I take a day, Precious, and I take that day and I dedicate it to God, and I'm focusing on him, he's going to tell me how I should live. He's going to tell me during that time, man, how I should run my business. He's going to tell me during that time, man, how, what kind of wife I should be. He's going to tell me that time what kind of husband I should be because I'm focusing on him. He's going to tell me, despite your situation, your circumstances, here's how you do business because I'm really committed to him. How many people ever had a real devout prayer time with God? And in your prayer time, man, God spoke to you in your prayer. Right? He gave you the word. You, oh, my God, the word came alive to you, right? That's because you were so focus-driven. You had dedicated that time to him. And you dedicated that time. He knew that it was going to come a time where people are not going to want to dedicate time to him. They're going to have a different mindset. But Now watch. Now here's what he says in the next verse. He says in verse 15, he says, remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. You were once in bondage. Everybody say in bondage. Now listen, whatever your Egypt was, remember God delivered you from it. Then he goes, he said, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand 
and a powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath. He said, I brought you out. What I want you to do is don't forget to dedicate time to me so I can help you be what I want you to be. Don't let anybody distract you. Then he goes on and says this. Honor what? Your father and what? As the Lord your God has commanded. Everybody has commanded you. Then you will live a long and full life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, this is important, young people and old people alike. A lot of times, man, people don't honor their parents, right? And he says it's important. That's why it's so important what parents do. Because when parents dedicate their lives to the Lord, the way they treat their children is the way God wants you to treat them. What you instill in your kid is the thing God wants you to because I spent time with God, and God told me, man, how to talk to my children. That's why I told the father, man, uh, whatever you do, man, don't, whatever you do, don't push your kids, giving them hard commands and, and doing all kind of crazy stuff and all that. Teach them how to love me and love you, right? He said, and then, now watch this. So as, because your parents are the ones God has given you, to help you be everything that he intended for you to be. You are what you are because of him. Now, my mama didn't do anything for me. That ain't got nothing to do with you, what you're supposed to do. God said, I'm bringing you to a land. I know some of them, they're not right, but you're going to get an opportunity to be me with skin on it. Right? Now, the question is, am I going to love, am I going to be righteous or am I going to be unrighteous? But my mama ain't no good, and and she was a drunk, and and she did this here. God said, but she ain't dead now. I already delivered you out of that. Now you've been delivered out of it. I want you to show what love looked like. Because you thought you weren't going to get out of it, but God brought you out of it. So I ain't going to go. Well, my mama wasn't no good. She probably wasn't worth a pot to pee in and wouldn't have thrown it out of her. But here's the blessing. So now you have a beautiful job with a beautiful family and a beautiful job. He said, what they did back then, guess what I did? I delivered you out of it. Now you have to walk in righteousness, right? Then he goes on and says this. Now, and I'm, 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 I'm going to be done in a minute, but I got to say this. He says, you must not murder. Everybody said not murder. Now, remember this now. Some people, man, are killing people, and they think they're going to get away with it. And some people are murdering people, and they think they thought they got away with it. But you can't kill nobody physically or emotionally and not give an account to God. Because God says, I created you in my image. You do not have a right to destroy somebody else's name or hurt anybody else. Otherwise, you got to give an account to me. But when you devote your life to him, watch your Sabbath day. If I devote it, he's going to tell me that situation then is going to occur. He's not, this is how you handled it because this is how I handled it. That's what that Sabbath day is going to do for you. He said, that Sabbath day, you're going to appreciate him delivering you, and you, won't he do it? I'm just telling you what he do. He goes on to say this. He said, number, verse number eight, he said, you must not commit adultery. Because, you know, adultery, man, will destroy a family. Not just your wife or your husband. It affects more than just you. When you go have an affair outside of your family, it affects more than just you. It affects everybody connected to you. He said, so don't do it. See, he, watch it, because he knew what was going on in the land. He said, but you're going to reestablish a culture 
with me leading the culture. Then he goes on and says, you must not testify falsely against your neighbors. What are you saying? Don't you lie. I don't care what they say. Tasha, you know, I know you love Pastor Duran, but, but don't you lie on his application just so he can get his loan through. Because if you do, I promise you, I got somebody coming down the road that's going to check on you. Then what you going to do later on? I had a girl call me. I got a lot of phone calls, Johnny, and people call me all the time, all right, and they're homeless, and they want me to, uh, they go to Community Encompass, and they want to get a house. So they said, Pastor Duran, we need a letter from your letterhead that I was homeless. I said, I ain't seen you. That's what I say. I said, you, you, you're not, listen, because my name is attached to it. So when I tell, when I write the letter, what I'm telling them is God represents me, and I'm representing him. So they believe because they ask me, I'm going to tell the truth. So my name is attached to it. Listen, your name is attached to it. God delivered you out of something, and now Satan is going to try to get you to lose everything you have on somebody else's mistake. Somebody else sinned, and they want you to sin for them. Because I believe this here. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging bread. I don't care what anybody say. Listen to me, man. And I stand, I don't care what they say. If you walk in righteousness, according to God's word, shelter is a byproduct of the kingdom. But you got to make some choices. If you make choices, God will open up a door like never before. He said, oh, no, you don't understand, Pastor Duran. I'm telling you what I know because God is a spirit, and spirit works in the minds of people. So he can have a person, man, to save a room just for you. Right? Now, so he said, you can't go around lying because somebody asked you to lie. Now, I know they're going to ask you to lie on the application. They're going to ask you to lie about something. Tell them that Pastor Duran said, that God said, he delivered me out of this. And I'm not going to hell for you and nobody else. Now, I'm going to tell the truth. Now, if I can help you in any other way, but don't ask me to lie for you. That's what Satan will do. Satan will ask your mama to lie for you. Your, listen, he'll make your sister come to you. He'll have your best friend come to you to lie for them. And when they get caught up, you know what they're going to say? Well, I didn't make you do it. Now, you don't have a job and neither do they. Am I telling the truth? That's why he said don't lie, Right? And then he goes on and says, he says, you must not uh, covet your neighbor's wife. You must not covet your neighbor's house or land, male or female servant or ox or dunks or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. Now, remember that he's bringing you to a prosperous land. So when you get there, I don't care what your house looks like. I don't want it. You know, I go over there and you say, oh, man, they got a beautiful house. That's your house. God, God, God didn't get that to me. He gave it to you. So I'm not going to covet it. I'm not going to covet your car. I don't care what kind of shoes your kids wear. I don't care how they dress. It ain't got nothing to do with me. So I'm not going to covet things. He knew this. He says, so as you go in there, don't covet nothing. Watch this. Because I'm your God, and just like I gave it to them, I can give it to you. So I'm going to wrap this up, man, because I'm I'm way over, but here's, here's it. Watch Deuteronomy going to chapter 6. And he had given Moses the Ten Commandments and the law that still apply even today. Everybody said today. today. It ain't got nothing to do with 
critical race theory. It ain't got no who did this here, who whatever. This got but you making right decisions. If you read that, man, it had everything to do with you making right decisions. You got to do right. Raise your hand if you're a supervisor. Stand up if you're a supervisor. Anything. Just stand up for real quick and sit back down. Stand up. Right now. Now, good. Now, that means, wait, that means God has elevated you. So when you get an opportunity, man, to do something for somebody, man, do right by them. So God put you in a leadership position. How many people are supervising over somebody? Yeah. Raise your hand. Stand up if you got children. Age, children, school age. Stand up. Don't sit down. Now, you are responsible for their life. You have to do right by them, man, because you have to supervise them. At all times, they ain't going to like what you like, but you got to do right by them. You got to be honorable before them. You can't beat them down. You can't call them out their name because God gave them to you to supervise them. They're going to make you angry, but you got to walk consistently. They got to see God in your life at all times. The minute they don't see God in your life, you can't tell them about God. Because deep somewhere, they're going to challenge you on God and you're going to want to do something to them. But all they're doing is challenge you on your righteousness. You can sit down. So, so you're responsible for a company. You're responsible for a kingdom. Right? So he tells you. Now listen very carefully. I'm, I'm about to close. He said, listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. He said, then all will go well with you. My screen keep jumping. Okay. Number three. He said, listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. He said, then all will go well with you, and you will have many children. I don't know what's going on with this, but it's killing me, right? He says, in the land flowing with milk and honey, uh, just as the Lord your God, uh, your ancestors promised you. He said, you're, you're going to be blessed. Everybody say blessed. Yes. Maggie, let me tell you something. God said, I'm going to bless you like never before. He said, you're going to have, when you go, he said, I'm going to prosper you in your land. He said, you're going to have a nice home, nice cars, nice place to live. You're going to have a nice job. He said, I'm going to give you more than enough resources, man, to do everything you have. The resource I'm going to give you is going to be so much, so many resources, it's going to be enough, man, to be a blessing to other people as long as you stay connected with me. Now, the reason I wanted you to understand that, because when you're in the house of God, and I'm about to close, when you're in the house of God, and, and God, listen, God's laws. God's law is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forevermore. That's why when I read you Deuteronomy 5th chapter, I want you to see about lying and adultery and, and, and warn people of stuff and, 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 and all this kind of stuff. He says, don't be envious of what somebody else has. Because in this kingdom, I'm about to give you, because I brought you out of Egypt, and I, I want to take you further, but you're so stuck. Remember the children of Israel? Read the story. You know God delivered them, Spud? You know what some of them said? Moses, you should have left us in Egypt. You brought us out here to die. And I want you to hear this. I want you to read the story of the church of Israel. They said, Moses, you brought us out here to die, Tasha. God says, okay, I tell you what. Everyone, precious, listen to it. Every one of you all that complain, not a one of you all 
that complained will make it to the promised land. And they all died in the wilderness. They never got their promised land. Instead of being thankful, they complained. Instead of people, instead of you so worried about all this other stuff, you got to be focused on doing what's right. Everybody said righteousness. Righteousness starts within you. There's four arms of government. Self-government, family government, church government, and civil government. It all starts with you. You can't lie your way out of it. You can't cheat your way out of it. It's all about you. Whenever you do right, God says, I'm going to bless you. And watch this here. As the person is righteous, people make up a family. And the family makes up the church. The church sets the stage for the community. So if you're not right, it affects your family. If your family not right, it affects the church. If the church is not right, it affects society. But it all comes back to who? You. Today. Choose you today who you will serve. Will it be the God who brought you out of slavery? Or are you going to worship the God who kept you in slavery? Now that God has delivered you, what you going to do? Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap. Everybody stand to your feet. Don't let anybody pull you away from your relationship with Jesus Christ. No one. I challenge you to give up everything. Give up everything for him. The disciples said, we mean we gave up everything? He said, I will give it back to you a hundredfold. And he said it better this way. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Watch this. Men will give unto your bosom. Everybody say men. Men. We'll give unto your bosom.